0: and welcome to Navigating Nursing. I am your host Laura Whitehead, a registered adult nurse, a critical care nurse, qualified lecturer and fellow of the Higher Education Academy. And I'm joined today by Ash Greaves who is a Homeless Pathway and Outreach Lead Nurse. Hi Ash, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Hi Laura, yeah no problem, yeah nice to be here.
0: So I want to take you right back to the beginning, did you always know that you wanted to be a nurse? Um, I think the answer
1: to that is yes. Um yeah, some some uh, sort of personal personal experiences in, uh, in childhood and uh, as a young person kind of really led me to understand, I guess, that, you know, uh, there are people out there who don't always get the help that they need. So I think, you know, probably my path to mental health nursing probably started way, way back. Um, I think I had some sort of epiphany at the age of 16 that when you're a bit too young for nursing, it's maybe not your kind of immediate step. So I actually took it into... Um, kind of more of a sort of social inclusion and uh, sort of, you know, kind of using, using sports. I'd always, always played sport and took it in sort of sports development and social inclusion was my first kind of step really. Um, And it it was through that, that I probably really kind of opened, opened my sort of aspirations towards getting uh, somewhere near to what looked a little bit like a sort of nursing or mental health nursing, uh, nursing role at least. So yeah, so probably, probably my, my, my earlier days were, um, somewhere near the near the sort of idea of kind of getting into uh, some sort of supportive role but nursing only really kind of came to me probably probably after I don't know maybe about 25 26 um I'd been thinking about it for a while and sort of took the opportunity as a, as a uh, kind of you know um sort of adult learner to to go back to university to retrain and um, and never looked back since as a as a mental health nurse who's been involved in Pretty much everything and anything, I think, so far it's, today. Yeah. So, I think that's yeah. common
0: because I think when you're 18, you're so young, aren't you? that yeah. like I started my degree at 18, and I look back and I think oh, I had no idea what I was getting, not in a bad way. I don't mean that as like a if what I'm, you know, I'd still yeah. go and do it again. But I just think at the time, I didn't, I had no knowledge of really what nursing was. I was like, I literally walked in on the first day and was like, so ward. What, what happens here? <laughs> and some lovely healthcare assistant called Gloria took me under her wing. yeah, and taught me how to do everything.
1: <laughs> the um I, I think it really makes you sort of respect uh, you, you know, I, I guess because i I'd, I'd, I'd always sort of been keen and motivated uh, even within my myself sports development and social inclusion kind of work. Uh, took a took a couple of options to to go abroad, did a bit of work in Namibia and uh, America, oh, wow. and then, yeah sort of always kind of I think I'd always kind of caught the bug of doing things with people who are either vulnerable or are perhaps in situations where you know help and support would be would be advantageous. And I think you know kind of most of my nursing career has probably taught me and sort of demonstrated, and uh, you know perhaps maybe sort of you know when i when I reflect backwards, I think actually I don't think I'd be anywhere near the mental health nurse I am today without those experiences. and you know mm. I, I suppose it, it's a it, that's a nice plug for any adult learners who maybe go into nursing later. But I hope that doesn't also kind of make perhaps younger people think, oh, well, maybe it's not for me unless I've had some life experience. Because equally, you know, you meet some really good nurses who've, coming straight off, you know, straight off the back of kind of uh, mainly cuz Laura mainly called
0: Laura Whitehead. Yeah. I think they're <laughs>
1: yeah, the <laughs> exactly. Well, I've I've actually um one of one of my uh, one of my colleagues in my, my previous job role who's an amazing uh, mental health nurse. She um, she started her career straight out of school. She mm-hmm. I think at the time when she graduated, she was one of the youngest nurses in the country and she's oh, she's wow. done some amazing work. So, I, I you know, I I'm a big strong believer in the fact that, you know, I think whichever way into nursing you go, I don't think that matters, but I guess you know, so long as you're uh, perhaps going in there with the right ideas and the right aspirations and and skill sets, there's no reason why anybody can can you know can't be as successful in whatever you know whatever role that is and however that looks for for them really. So,
0: and it also great. it's a really good point not to discount any of your previous experience. That Definitely. everything that you did, it's not like you're a blank page and you start again the minute you start your degree or your nursing associate program. You've got everything that you've learned in your role. It literally must have just felt like you were. Well, you were so set up, weren't you, for your yeah. like, what you do now as well.
1: The um, the most hilarious example that I can give that gives a perfect uh, you know perfect sort of um, description of that is. When I was about seven years old, uh, I would I would sort of uh, engage in a game that we used to sort of said, you know, bat and ball in the kitchen with my dad. It'd be a, a scrunched up piece of newspaper with sellotape on it. And one of us would use the, you know. The house safe uh, version y- of the yes. Well, well it, yeah, well, there is the point that it was a house safe activity. Um, <laughs> and, and it was, you know, probably when I was uh, first or second year nurse training. Uh, I was on the on the acute mental health ward, and you know, like many acute mental health uh, settings, you know, they're either understaffed or you know, a lot of res- a lot of um, you know, a lot of pressure, under resourced, etc. And uh, as a student nurse, I took it upon myself to design a, an indoor Olympics, of which one of the sports was badminton. So. you because- know- as a seven-year-old child, taking that into my <laughs> nursing uh, nursing training was, yeah, I think that was a, I think that's a highlight. I think you've got to, I think you've got to celebrate those wins. <laughs> oh, I think
0: you have peed. Yeah, yeah, I think that's you.
1: And at that point, I should have retired, right? You, know? <laughs> you
0: should. Have. Well, I bet they still talk about it
1: now. Well, well funnily enough, influence. I came across my, um, I came across one of my uh, one of my mentors actually a couple of years ago, um, and that was funny enough the one thing that she said to all her colleagues was, this guy turned up as a student uh, student mental health nurse. Played some, uh, played some indoor olympics and literally the, the ward she said at that period of time she said, when she worked there for about five years she said it was the most calmest the ward's ever been because there was some really good engagement going on within mm. the world so oh. who who knew that indoor olympics was such a innovative uh, innovative approach to mental health nursing well,
0: from this episode it's going to be everywhere there you
1: go hopefully, <laughs> you, hopefully. Need your, you
0: need to trademark it this could have been a good, uh, <laughs> a know, good yeah. opportunity. But, <laughs> um so you did um you started in 2018 sorry you qualified in 2018 and you went yeah. to the University of Bradford and you did a BSc in mental health did you always know that you wanted to do mental health was yeah that th- clear
1: yeah I think so I think um much much of my thoughts I think um you know kind of uh yeah much of my much of my kind of experience was obviously you know sort of family orientated and you, you you know I think probably at a young age I'd already kind of worked out that there were these sort of disconnects between perhaps you know people with mental health issues who perhaps, uh, perhaps kind of fell through gaps or kind of maybe services weren't set up to support as many people as they, uh, you know, could, or, could or, or, you know, we might we might hope to. Um, but then also this kind of aspect of physical health being ignored because there was this, you know, I'm, I'm perhaps talking now about sort of thinking 25, 30 years ago, and I know that, you know, I guess there's a bias there of being a young person, but even at that age, you could probably see that physical health issues were being neglected because the you know perhaps quite frightening mental health uh presentations by you know by uh by people who are quite unwell made that really difficult to sort of address so I, I guess you know then obviously because I've kind of gone into um sort of sports coaching and, and sort of sports development uh kind of activities you, you know I was nowhere near at a level that was probably credible but at least I had some background understanding of kind of physical health and you know the complications that people can have and you, you know really it was a I guess when I think about my journey through that kind of period between uh, kind of what I was doing in my previous career towards coming towards nursing, I guess it was a real nice, uh, you know, it kind of aligned nicely with this kind of um, perhaps where kind of society was heading towards with this idea of kind of looking at what well-being meant from a kind of more wider and holistic point of view. So so even though I probably always knew that I was going to end up in something like sort of mental health nursing, I think, you know, perhaps maybe sometimes I look back and surprise myself that I've I've, I've been in that, really grey area of sort of you know where physical health meets uh mental health and and lo and behold one of my uh, my previous job role was as a mental health specialist practitioner in the in the acute hospital at Bradford Royal Infirmary which you, you know an amazing job role to have uh during 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 Covid uh and it was you know I think at the time when that job role was out it was only one of four in the whole country um so you know in terms of doing things differently and looking at spaces of nursing that are, are quite unique I probably I probably found myself a niche there that you know I think will probably carry me on for the rest of my career because of the stuff that you kind of you you know you you're in situations where you're trying to converse between a neurologist and a psychiatrist and you're telling them what the what the situation is is you know it's a, it's an awfully empowering you know sort of nursing experience so so yeah I guess that gives some uh, you know some examples as, as to kind of you know where my where my sort of you know head was at in terms of going towards mental health uh, sort of role was really and yeah. Here I am, mental health nursing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think in lots, I found that when I went to ITU, because it was trauma, neuro, that we would have so many teams that were so focused on like orthopedics, you know, neuro. It was all that cardiac. They'd all come and give their opinion, but it was like, well, who's looking at the whole person's body? And I remember one example of this, and he was really, 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 really sick, probably one of the sickest people I've ever looked at. And this cardiac surgeon walked in and went, his heart's great his heart's doing amazing on that heart. He could run a marathon Yeah. and he was there with this like, unsurvivable brain injury and pelvic fractures and, you know, all of these. And like his wife just, I remember this patient's wife just looked at me and <sighs> went, do they only just look at the one thing that, that they're, you know, interested and trained in. Yeah. And at that point I was, you always have to go, yes. And then <laughs> as the nurse, you're the one that's going, we've had five different ward rounds right. different specialities. The overall summary of this is, um, and yeah, and we're in as and as we're in a very unique position, aren't we? We haven't I, had that super super niche specialist, yeah. You know, kind of training that they doctors they go so early in their career, yeah.
1: into
0: such such a pathway.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the reasons why you know I would, I, I, you know, I, I appreciate that. I think in the current sort of climate nursing is a is a challenging uh you know kind of role to be in and you know god, god knows we we know the shortages and you know the media cover that quite well don't they and mm. we're you know we're advocating for for more and more staff and, and plugging those shortages but you know the role of the nurse and the skill sets that a nurse can develop and bring to bring to just healthcare and and not even healthcare I think to extend that because I think sometimes you know I appreciate it depends on what sort of role you're in and and perhaps maybe kind of the type of nurse that you are but you, you know, you really can be across all spectrums. You know, you can be really advocating for patients' needs. You know, I'm a, I'm a homeless homeless pathway lead, obviously. And, you know, we spend most of our time advocating for better uh, better support around housing based on people's kind of ill health coming from the hospital environment. Mm. So it, it really, you know, it's really empowering as a nurse, I think, in terms of kind of using those skills appropriately and, and educating the wider workforce so that, you know, your social workers who don't know health or your housing uh, officers who don't understand health you know, you're playing that advocacy role to make sure some of our most vulnerable people are, are truly understood. And, you know, we 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 support uh, um, students here, obviously, probably like many places, but, you know, we, we love getting into the, the nitty gritty of the parts that really kind of uh, become challenging for, for for our team most of the time. And one of them is, it's the simplicity of remembering to be objective, not subjective. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not this, sadly, it happens too often that people sort of go, well, you know these people are a bit hard work and they're a bit different and you know they're kicking off it's 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 the g- generalization of these behaviors that are sometimes mm. really unhelpful but
0: how they're perceived
1: yeah but then when you challenge that and say actually we know that there's a an acquired brain injury or there's you know an addiction need or a mental health related difficulty you know that picture suddenly becomes a little bit more different because you've got to understand it differently and i think mm. I, you know I'd, I'd question whether there's any other role like a nurse who could facilitate some of that in between, you know, it's it's a you know it's it's always about joining up with services and joining up with other professionals, and you know you can play a really great role within the MDT. And I think for that reason, that's probably why I'd always champion the role of a nurse, and yeah, strongly advocate for people to to get into the nursing career. Really,
0: you're my perfect guest. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just here nodding. I'm not even having yeah. to say anything. <laughs> no. So as you said, you're a homeless pathway and outreach lead nurse. What led you to that role?
1: Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, interesting path. I think um, you know, kind of it's not until you kind of get to these sort of uh, situations where you look backwards and think, buddy, it all makes uh, it all makes sense, you know. But I think um you, you know, much, much of my kind of uh, sports development social inclusion work was around sort of young people and sort of, you know, kind of adolescence, early early adulthood. So I'd never really done much with the sort of open age, adult age, or certainly elderly anyway. That was never anything that I'd kind of um kind of got towards. And and, you know, for, for 101 reasons, which I won't explain, but, you know, I often have this kind of thought of, you know, how how do we sort of, you know, kind of look after these children that are not picked up and who get left behind, and and, and I don't think I was sort of consciously, uh, you know, thinking it, but subconsciously, I must have been aware that, you know, uh, children with unmet needs turning to adults with unmet needs mm. makes sense now, I'm a bit more educated in that sort of uh, line of thinking, but, uh, you know, I, I think what that then led towards was, you know, the more complex uh, kind of care that I got involved with with young people so I ended up in a um uh especially substance misuse service that supported young people with uh substance misuse obviously mental health and sexual health you know it was a risky behavior service so you, you know you you really start to open the platform of the the kind of challenges that you're working towards which then you know obviously then engaged me in this sort of thinking process of well actually I really like this complex stuff safeguarding became a thing I got I wanted to get into and that's where I sort of took my first kind of leadership role within nursing um which ultimately then led me to the to the kind of acute hospital role where I was the mental health specialist practitioner and because I was in the safeguarding team that really opened me up to the sort of safeguarding world a lot more in 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 an adult sense so you know I'd kind of gone from this sort of murky children's world with safeguarding drugs sexual uh you know sexual health and mental health to then working into the Acute environment where mental health crises was the majority of my work, but alongside, you know, poor, poor, uh, poor or, or, you know, ill health, I guess. Um, and, and I guess those two put together just make you think, wow, you know, you could easily create an argument that there's lots of vulnerable people there. And the, the moment you open that door up, you realise that there's some really vulnerable people out there. And because, you know, we already did some work with the homeless team and, uh, you know, with the organisation, Bevan, who are, who are based out of Bradford and, and Leeds and now have other services. You know, when the job role came up for the kind of pathway lead role, it was a, it was a bit of a, a non-brainer, really. It was, a, you know, how, how can you implement all the skills you already have into one role that really kind of captures the whole kind of kit and caboodle? And, you, you know, now much of our work, we focus so much on, you know, trying to perhaps address unmet needs from early childhood. So we're, we're, we're um, you know, we're always working in sort of trauma-informed approaches. We're trying to make sure people are connected appropriately with services as and where they want and, uh, you know, kind of need or, or ready to... To utilise them, um, while still addressing their physical health, mental health, uh, social social needs, and housing. So, you know, really, this sort of role was a, I guess it was a, a combination of all my other skill sets in other roles that i had done. It was a, you know, it was a um, the icing on the cake, I guess, in terms of putting those skills together. So, yeah, hence my, hence my, uh, yeah, kind of approach to the to the uh, to the organisation to to take the role and, and never really look back, and I don't think I ever will. So, yeah, great, great role to be in.
0: Do you find going into that lead nurse role, like moving into that really kind of obvious high leadership position?
1: Yeah, I think um, probably, probably because much of my sort of experiences earlier in uh, kind of previous career, I've done, you know, lots of sort of leadership stuff within sort of uh, sports development. You know, you're often, you know, if you're not managing groups of people, you're managing groups of volunteers or managing groups of coaches and you know then you, you you know if you end up in roles like I was where I was in a strategy role you were you were leading on quite a number of different programs so so much of the leadership stuff was probably stuff that I was already well aware well aware of and well fait with um obviously then moving into a sort of nursing role it's a little bit a little bit different but because I'd already been in a leadership role uh you know working with the young people service in in North Yorkshire Compass uh, Compass Reach you, you know that really probably was the I mean I, I can't not mention my um, uh, colleague from Compass Reach, Lisa Gale, who was a, a absolutely amazing person to work alongside, and probably will always, uh, you know, always have to have to be grateful for her for her guidance and uh, stewardship. But you know, with really good leadership comes the opportunity to to look at how services can run really effectively. You know, you can make sure that patients are getting a really good level of care. Um, you, you know, often the challenges of that can be. Do we deliver a bit too much care to some people and sometimes to other people not get enough care? And, and, and you know, and much of that is usually placed around the stuff of old, like, you know, challenging behaviours or people who present in ways that make services either really nervous or really frustrated. So I think because I had such great experiences within that role, you know, much of my leadership role here, it's, you know, obviously I wouldn't say it was necessarily easy or, uh, you know, sort of particularly, particularly uh you know kind of minimal in terms of effort of course it comes with lots of complex cases and lots of complex sort of decision making and, and approaches but because of those previous experiences it really does add to your skill set in feeling a lot more confident being well aware of kind of where good practice uh you know or what practice kind of looks like and how how good practice can be delivered versus you know working your way through the kind of Greater areas of, of leadership where you might think, well, actually, you know, is this a testing time? What other solutions might there be? And not knowing that, so yeah, I guess in terms sort of you know my own feelings in the role, it's a it's a very comfortable role, I guess in that in that regard, you know, my skill sets are, are quite appropriate to the role, um, and 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 you know, I, th- I think you know the other part of obviously delivering services is probably the more important part of managing people and you know big big uh, big believer in compassionate leadership you know um i i i set my sort of earlier earlier stall out in um, my my kind of uh, first leadership role of doing things like 360 feedback i think that was a brave thing to do as a new manager um but but all the same i think it was a worthwhile thing doing you, you know yes you have to be a little bit resilient to the to the you know to the uh, perhaps you know constructive criticism but you know i think if you are inclined and sort of, you know, ambitious enough to take that on board to develop, you can get some really good feedback that really shapes your future future practice. And, you, you know, you, you never get it right first time, of course you don't, and I'm, I'll make and mistakes. Think,
0: and I think, particularly well, if you're new to a role, it can be so hard to work out how others perceive you, yeah. or are you managing or leading in a way that that, that they expected? I don't yeah. know, and, and is that a good, or is that a, I took over this programme leader role um, last year, and you do spend a lot of time thinking, I'm doing things differently is that good yeah. are we are we pleased and and it isn't until we've got this system at work where people can just kind of log on and give you you know feedback and and all of the things that people had focused on wasn't what I would have said was my really good yeah. things or and I found that a really interesting to get someone else's perspective on how you're doing
1: yeah and, and I think some of the things too were to include in that things like you know, it depends on where you kind of team are at, the culture within the organisation mm-hmm. or the culture within the team, knowledge, skill sets, you know, the, I, I guess one thing that I've, I've been really kind of uh, proud of in my role now is, you know, I come with such a kind of diverse set of skill sets and, you know, sort of quite niche uh, kind of skill sets within the areas that I've kind of nursed and, and uh, kind of practised in that, you know, you bring those skills and knowledge into the team and, you know, before you know it, you can really empower your staff to become really knowledgeable. We've had some really good experiences, you know, whilst I've been here throughout the the whole period of time since I've been in this role, but, you know, more recently, the team are, you know, the team are, uh, you know, just excellent in their sort of knowledge around things like safeguarding, understanding capacity, uh, perhaps knowing when's appropriate to challenge and when isn't, knowing how to challenge, you know, those skill sets are just invaluable for the rest of people's careers. So, you know, again, you know, adding to that sort of... uh, Perhaps service performance, you know, kind of uh, professionals' performance and and confidence, you, you know, that's the the biggest thing that I always sort of think about when uh, you know we sort of look at kind of care uh, care that's being delivered, you know, in in sort of perhaps kind of complex settings or um, you know complex settings or sort of environments is is that you know so many people perhaps kind of find that challenging because of the nature of the beast that people can be challenging to deal with, you know, service users or patients are sometimes kind of very agitated when they come to services because their uh, previous experiences or poor experiences or or, or you know maybe expectations are, are mismatched to, to what can be delivered and i think the more you can develop people's skill sets to navigate that space and and be comfortable and confident in that appropriately you, you know you can you can really sort of do some great work around resolving those issues quicker uh, more appropriately and hopefully it leads to better care and better outcomes so yeah that needs be nice
0: You've done two MSc modules so level seven study mental disorders and mental capacity and then the second one was best interest assessors course did you pick those specifically because they aligned where you were for that job role at the time or was it just in general you knew that it was for your development?
1: Well that that was um, I mean you know without perhaps kind of opening the the door wide open into kind of uh, the murky world of capacity, capacity law and and, you know kind of acute hospitals but you, you know now that you know the kind of um, uh, kind of you know deprivation of liberty bit safeguards is is you know whether it changes and how that changes and you know we're still waiting for the answer on that in terms of uh, leading towards sort of LPS stuff is it, it's a problem for for every trust in the land you know it's it's really sort of looking at until that guidance comes out that's sort of clear and clear and uh, clear and fast you know nobody nobody really sort of knows the the way that's going to look and you know sadly for probably many organisations the dollar stuff was. You know, there's a lot of criticism around perhaps how the kind of dolls processes were were implemented. And actually, it kind of left the workforce probably trying to work it out as they went along. Um, you you know, I imagine every acute hospital, unless they had some specialisms in place already, were in the same situation. And you know, Bradford Teaching Hospital was was no different. Um, but it but it it, it opened the door for when I came in as a as a mental health nurse within the acute trust, which we were fortunate that, you know, my manager at the time and one of my colleagues or two of my colleagues were mental health nurses, um, but, you, you know, with with particular skill sets in other areas. So there was this kind of gap in the market, if you will, within that team to look at kind of how dolls were being managed and supporting the hospital to have better understanding around kind of capacity and, uh, you know, sort of mental illness. So naturally, you know, kind of offered a, offered a bit of an opportunity for myself to kind of get involved um you know loved it the second I kind of got involved in anything related to capacity looking at complex care looking at how do you assess people who present with perhaps difficult and challenging behaviors who who might have mental health um on you know sort of uh, disturbance or function of the mind or brain um and then looking at that in the acute sort of setting was you know I've always I've always enjoyed learning so to put me in a, an environment like that was just I mean, it was foolish on my old manager's part. I think I did say that to her, um, but obviously it led to this opportunity of getting training opportunities, such as the uh, mental capacity, mental disorder training, and on the back of on the on the um, sort of moving forward from that, then the the best interest assessor training, which you know highly recommend if anybody's kind of keen to get on those courses. They're, they're uh, really really great courses, you know, um, you know for professional development, particularly looking at you know kind of how. How mental health and mental illness can can impact on sort of mental capacity, and then equally, you know, the the role and function of the best interest assessor and and mental capacity uh, kind of law in relation to to health and social care. It's it's a really really valuable sort of learning, um, least not least of all because obviously we've got to protect people's human rights, and you know we do we do know that there's care that can sometimes be given that isn't accurate and appropriate or isn't done in somebody's best interest. You know we've got to kind of uphold those those principles because you know everybody's human rights are worth protecting, aren't they? So so really good courses. I would definitely um recommend, you know, recommend people kind of getting on those where and where they can. But yeah, two great courses. I
0: think they're a really good example of you can pick things that are really helping you develop academically your knowledge and your practice, but it doesn't have to be a full masters.
1: It no, can be
0: those separate modules that can yeah. then have a massive impact on your career and your development.
1: The um I, I think the added thing to that as well is Sometimes I think sometimes people sort of worry that, uh, you know, perhaps you might become a bit too niche in your skill set. And, you know, I was was conscious of that myself. I think the roles that I've ended up being in are really quite... you know, quite quite narrow in the field of nursing. So, you, you know, of course you're going to have anxiety that could you ever do another job because your skill sets are oh, too niche and, I you know. think
0: in nursing, we must be the only profession that are so obsessed with, yeah. what if I'm too specialised? Yeah. What if I'm too knowledgeable? What if I have a really specific, like, why is that sickness a bad thing? I
1: know. Well, well, it's well, the. So I guess the irony to that is that, you know, on the back of doing something like the um, mental capacity, mental disorder course, and then the BIA course, you know they are very specialist types of kind of knowledge and and practice, uh, but but actually the, the 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 irony is that once you've done those courses actually it opens your whole world up into your general everyday yeah. work anyway so you know mm. there isn't a day that goes by where we're not sat around the table in our office thinking about you know homeless people or people who are experiencing homeless uh homelessness who might have some issues with capacity and actually if we are asking that question mm. why are we asking that and what might that mean and how might that mean that we have to act in their best interest as and when that may happen and you, you know it opens a whole new set of discussions up which hopefully is only a good thing because again it comes back to protecting people's kind of human human rights but also you're working on a you know, you're working on the most, uh, you know, kind of um top tier kind of person centred approach. If you are really accepting and acknowledging, you know, what people's views and wishes are versus, you know, what's in their best interest based on that. So it, it, it I, I think it really sort of illuminates your, your kind of thinking and your skill sets to to everything you do. You know, so actually it's it's almost the opposite of becoming niche and too mm. narrow in your field. You probably become quite generalised because that's subject, really valuable a you subject
0: know. matter expert
1: exactly <laughs> yeah that's what
0: we like that's how we're reframing it yeah um, so have you got any advice for anyone that is interested in mental health nursing or that is a student mental health nurse at the moment
1: yeah where do you where do you start i think um <laughs> you know cer- certainly within your training i think you know for any, any nurses out there with you know we uh we love having love having students just because nature of our you know nature of our sort of work is sort of really complex we work with people uh you know people sort of experiencing homelessness and you know people uh sort of you know sort of seeking asylum refugees etc um try try where you can and even if it's only sort of uh you know sort of hub and spoke type sort of placements mm-hmm. you, you know go and spend some time with 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 services that really do offer quite complex kind of care and I, I appreciate that you know within training sometimes you know rightfully I think we we can be a little bit nervous that we don't want to throw a first year under the under the you know the the, the sort of complex uh, complex nature of uh, sort of you know wild services that deal with lots of you know interesting and complex cases but I, I think for people to be made aware of what those services are and how they might yeah. function mm. is actually I probably I would probably argue is more advantageous in their first year than in their third year because you know if you know that in your first year actually by the time you get to your third year you probably already factoring in that in some of your thinking and you know, and as well, it might be a, it might be about services local too that you're aware of then that you might make referrals to or, you know, you start to bring this wider concept into your thinking it's no longer, you know, thankfully nursing isn't sort of just healthcare and just medical focused. And that's one of the, the beauties of nursing that we're not just medical focused, but, you know, there's lots of services out there that do lots of different work for different reasons, you know, especially when you start thinking domestic violence services, homelessness services, uh, drug and alcohol services, mental health services. There's There's lots of different offers out there. And I think the more... The more our nurses, in any, uh, you know, whether it's mental health nurse, general nurse, LD nurse, child nurse, the more of these services you're aware of, probably the better practice you can be. You can be, you know, kind of delivering, and hopefully the better outcomes you can get for your patients. So, yeah, I guess my my advice, if anything, would be, you know, go and, go and seek those opportunities out. Don't don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, we're we're huge advocates because probably because of the nature of our patients sometimes the simple stuff is the stuff that really moves us forward with our client group is that, you know, don't ever assume the simple thing hasn't been considered because quite often it might not have been, you know, we have lots of patients who come in with quite extensive trauma, compound trauma, you know, and it might just be something as simple as, you know, maybe an elderly female member of staff who might sort of, you know, fall into a bit of a category of a a motherly role, might be something that a patient finds quite helpful because that might have been something that was missing in their sort of earlier, earlier life. And by having that role there, you might actually make somebody feel quite calm and uh, kind of supported, in which case you're going to get a really good intervention out of them when you're trying to speak to them about whatever it is that's going on for them in that moment. So, yeah, I think um, big advocate for, for, patient, for um, students getting involved in, in services that support quite complex care and you know, perhaps patients with, with you know what might be perceived to be sort of challenging, challenging situations or behaviours for sure. What advice
0: have you got for anyone that wants to be in a leadership position? And maybe something that you wish you knew before you started.
1: <sighs> yeah, they're Good the tricky question. questions to answer, aren't they? Tricky <laughs> question.
0: Um
1: I mean this this doesn't sound outside of the box thinking. Uh, I, I don't think it doesn't have to be
0: outside the box. We can well, be in the box, that's okay.
1: <laughs> whichever box it is. It's in <laughs> or out, it's in or out. Um do you, do you know one thing that I really reflect on is you know, and I go back to my my early um, sort of you know kind of leadership role in in Compass Reach and 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 you know Lisa Gail who I, I have to mention she's quite excellent she really is. Um, I, I think it's about not being afraid to be yourself, and that sounds so cliched. I know there's people people probably listening go, what on earth does that even mean? But you know, I'm a strong advocate for compassionate leadership, and I think you, you know you worry that there's this kind of idea of management and leadership, and perhaps sometimes particularly in healthcare where you know, I I hope that we're really moving away from these perhaps maybe more sort of draconian ideas of, you know, leadership is marshalling, leadership is, you know, yeah. dictatorship almost kind of, yeah. you know, I appreciate that's not the not the accurate picture of all all leadership in, in healthcare, but Actually, I think by you know being able to be yourself, you know, it comes across as authentic. People can can respect you a lot more, you know, your your staff who you're supporting and, and the projects that you're supporting and uh, and such like can can really get on board with your thinking because actually it's coming from a place of authenticity. And I, I just think that's really important. And I think, you know, for any aspiring people, any sort of aspiring leaders out there or or people who are in leadership who might be looking to to develop their leadership, I think, you know, do do be authentic, you know, don't don't be sort of afraid to think. Actually, maybe some of the stuff you're doing, you're coming at from a whole load of experience. I'm, I'm forever, you know, I'm forever flabbergasted by the fact that I meet nurses who've been nurses for 20 years who go, "Oh, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't have the confidence." I think yeah. you've got more confidence and probably more, more skill sets and competence than than I'll ever ever wish to have. You know, yeah. people who've worked on like AMU wards in the hospital. And I think. You have literally seen everything and more. Everything. Yeah. How do you not, you know, how do you not have that confidence to step forward and maybe and do something People things say in that about
0: ways. teaching and they're like, oh, I could never be a lecturer. And exactly. I think I think everyone could be. I think the amount absolutely. of teaching that we do in nursing, yeah. right? For I remember being qualified and two months later I had a student and I was there like then it was co mentors. I was there two months in, like, yeah. how can I be someone's co but you you can and absolutely we, and I think people discount themselves. way too quickly for jobs roles promotions I think
1: across the board and and, and I know that you know sort of perhaps kind of cultures of old in terms of we know now that you know people don't sort of stay in the same job for the rest of their life there is a bit more sort of versatility within people's kind of you know working working careers but I I think you know now now more than ever people are people are acknowledging that there's change and difference out there and opportunity and yeah I don't know I kind of I I, I just really hope to you know if I can inspire anybody to to probably, you know, it's almost the, the the irony of those who don't think they can be good leaders would probably actually be really, really good leaders mm. because, you know, they come with those skill sets where maybe, you you know, they're not the sort of, um, you know, God, people might even say this about myself, but, you know, hopefully you're not the type of person who's kind of really egotistical, who just wants to be a leader mm. because you just want to lead. And that's yeah, not always the power
0: a power. Yeah, exactly.
1: I know that's not always a bad thing. And some services need that type of direction and leadership. I, I don't mm. discount that, but... You know, actually, those who sometimes fear that they're not good leaders or they're not good um, kind of, you know, people for, for kind of management roles, sometimes they would be the best people for the management roles because they come with that experience. They are subject matter experts because they have that knowledge. They could really instill confidence in the workforce. And yeah, I, th- I think there's something there about confidence and stepping forward. And, you know, the caveat to that would be go and lean on other good leaders and good mentors mm-hmm. and good uh, good managers because... You know, you always find there's always a culture within every every workforce, within every set of uh, subgroup, if you will. But you know, the amount of times I, I come across people who are like, Oh, I've, you know, I know your work, Ash, I know you're doing some really good stuff. People really value and respect your work. Can I come and spend the day with you? And and I've never said no, I've never said no. So, you know, a bit of a call out if anyone wants to come and, you know, was come and get say, a call, if give us a call.
0: If you get a no, you're the first no.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, no, Laura, not today, <laughs> we're busy today, but, the, um, but, but I do think, you know, don't be afraid to ask us because I, I think, you know, we have to remember that there's different ways of learning, isn't there, you know, yes, okay, there is formalised learning between, you know, sort of education type type routes and training courses and online learning, but, you know, go and do some shadowing, go and sit with a service where you know there's some good leaders, good managers, you know, go and, go and embrace yourself with that culture, because you learn so much, and I would imagine, like most people, you do reflect and think, actually, it's the small things you do every day that are probably the best things of your leadership. Most of the bigger stuff, stuff that people probably already know it, your staff probably already have them skill sets. So I think by getting involved in, you know, kind of, uh, you know, leading, leading on and shadowing other colleagues, you, yeah, you can really push yourself forward. So, and that might be the thing that improves your confidence. So that would be my advice for sure.
0: And where do you see your career going? Be question. Good
1: Lord. What a
0: and I'm yeah. doing all
1: the big ones, style now. Kicking, kicking them all in there. Um, mm. I, th- I think my, I think my sort of ambitions and sort of skill sets at the moment, particularly set around sort of safeguarding for sure. You know, complex care safeguarding. Um, certainly sort of, you know, perhaps more senior leadership within safeguarding, taking a, taking a, uh, you know, kind of strategic lead role would be, would be probably where I'm heading towards. Um. And 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 I guess, you know, still being sort of relatively young, I think I could call myself youthful at the at the right age yeah. of, of 30, uh, 34 years old. Who is was very um, youthful, I, you? I know, yeah. I know. I shouldn't be so pessimistic on my on my uh, life expectancy. Um <laughs> but, but but I do think that, you know, kind of somewhere, you know, opportunities may kind of appear within uh, you know, kind of higher higher level structures. And I think, you know really taking some strategic leadership roles is definitely something that I'm keen to kind of explore, you know, further down the line. I think at the moment I'm definitely, definitely in the sort of kind of uh, remit of looking at sort of local sort of strategic role with an organisation, but, you know, maybe beyond that, it might be, you know, looking at sort of regional, you know, regional type kind of leadership roles and, you know, really sort of trying to embed or, or continue great practice that is already out there. And, you know, the, the world will still continue to need that as, as it always will won't it so yeah I guess that's somewhere where I'm probably probably thinking of, of aiming towards I hope
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah good aim um <laughs> thank you so much for all of your advice you have given some amazing gems for everyone whether they're a student whether they're looking at nursing whether they're practicing or whether they're a very senior leader so thank you so much Ash
1: you are so welcome thanks a lot Laura <laughs>